0: The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. I'm Ralph Russo, the college football writer with the Associated Press. My guest this week is Andy Staples of Sports Illustrated. We will preview championship weekend Talk about the coaching carousel. Mac Brown is back at North Carolina. And of course, we'll talk Ohio State or Oklahoma, the selection committee's tough choice. Now, we are recording this before this week's rankings come out. So a lot of it will be projecting ahead without knowing what the selection committee does on Tuesday night. However, I think we cover all the angles. Thanks again for listening to the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. You can now find us on Podcast One. You can still find us on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe, and if so inclined, give us a good review. And as usual, you can go to collegefootball.ap.org, where you can read all of AP's coverage. And away we go. This week on the podcast, we have the great Andy Staples from Sports Illustrated. Are we colleagues now too? Like we go because we both have like the XM stuff, you Sirius XM. But you're like you're like a full time. Well, you got to learn Sirius to say XM. the company's
1: name right first. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sirius they, X. They, they <laughs>
1: frown on saying it incorrectly. Yeah.
0: We, but you're, but you actually work at Sirius X or with Sirius well, I, XM. I have the same deal you have. Yeah, but you just are on the, but just, you're on the radio a lot more often.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, but that that will change, too, because you're on the radio about as much as I was when I started. So you but, see how that evolves.
0: Here's my theory, though. At some point, like all of us who sort of work doing this similar job for different companies will actually be colleagues. At some point, there'll be so many side gigs and sharing content deals that we will all really be working oh, for the same company. Absolutely. Sometimes
1: sometimes I see videos I do for SI show up on websites. And I'm like, wait, 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 I don't work there. What?
0: why? <laughs> Why am I on their website? Hey, frankly, it's a little like working for the AP. Like, I'm just everywhere. In some ways, I like to consider myself working for all the newspapers. That's right. So Andy had a uh, wonderful trip through the Appalachian region last uh, weekend, somewhat through the Appalachian region, doing Morgantown into Columbus for those two big games that set up essentially the question of the week. And we'll start with that. We're going to do some coaching changes and things along those lines because that's hot as well, especially with Mac Brown just getting hired. But let's just start with Oklahoma and Ohio State. You saw them both. That's going to be the question of the week. And maybe it turns out to be the big question for the selection committee on Sunday. We're taping this before the rankings come out. How do you think this will ultimately play out if they both win? Forget about what what the committee says tonight.
1: I'm actually writing about all the different scenarios that could happen because I, I think it's conditional based on how these games go. Um, I think the status quo would be if Alabama wins, if Ohio State wins, but not super impressively, not just you know blowing the doors off of Northwestern the way that they did Wisconsin in 2014, and if Oklahoma wins, also not super impressively, uh, that Oklahoma would get in you know, slight edge over Ohio State. If Oklahoma crushes Texas, Oklahoma's in, uh, no matter what Ohio State does. But then then you also have the scenario, what if Georgia beats Alabama? And then neither one of Oklahoma or Ohio State are getting in.
0: Yeah, you don't think so either. I, I would I think when it was Michigan sitting there with the possibility of twelve and one having beat Ohio State I was a little more skeptical about the idea that Alabama could lose and get in. I thought that that would be dicey. But with these two teams, I almost imagine the committee might look for an out. And Alabama at 12-1 would be I don't, I don't be think an it out.
1: would be much of a choice for them. Yeah. I don't think there would even be much conversation about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, they would have the same record. They would be 12-1 and one and you'd have these two flawed teams sitting in front of you. So it's not just a matter of who wins these games, but how they play out. Yeah,
1: I mean, that, that's it. And for Ohio State, if you can if you can replicate your performance from the Michigan game against Northwestern, it will be a very lopsided score. And you know what? It may convince the committee that your ceiling is higher than Oklahoma's ceiling. And that's what happened in 2014. You know you had TCU, Baylor, and Ohio State, and with Ohio State, it was a little bit different question then because they weren't as flawed necessarily as this team but JT Barrett had just gotten hurt. How would they look with Cardell Jones, a quarterback? They answered the question emphatically, and the committee goes, okay, who's a better chance of beating Alabama? Those guys or Baylor and TCU? Well, it was the easy answer. It was Ohio State, who actually did beat Alabama.
0: I also thought that year the committee was looking for an out, that they weren't thrilled with either TCU or, or the or – the, 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 No, that- and
1: it didn't help that the Big 12 12- – didn't name Baylor the champion like they should have.
0: Well, but the dynamic was, we like TCU better. Baylor played this awful well, the schedule, was and about Baylor beat anyway. TCU. Right, yeah, but-
1: Baylor, Baylor beat TCU. You know why that happened, Ralph? Do you remember when the first ranking came out that year?
0: It came out a little early that year. It was,
1: it? it was the Tuesday after Baylor lost to West Virginia.
0: Oh, right. So the
1: freshest right. thing in their mind was Baylor losing to West Virginia – and that put Baylor behind TCU the whole time. Right. And they never corrected until the last week when they realized, wait a second. They have the same record. They're basically the same team. And one of them won head-to-head. Right.
0: But Baylor played such a miserable non-conference schedule that, that right. year. I think they were trying to sort of hold yeah, Baylor TCU accountable. Yeah, TCU had played
1: mighty Minnesota.
0: You know, you know, but at least they tried. <laughs> you know, like, and, and Baylor had been... Had played such a terrible non-conference schedule, I think they were trying to hold them accountable for that, and then realized at the end, oh, we can't do that. Like we have to put the team that won the game ahead. Yes, but we have which, this which nice Ohio State because
1: it because then you had TCU dropping from three to six, yeah, out, right. and, and Ohio State jumping in, and it just it caused an existential crisis in the Big Twelve.
0: So you mentioned ceiling for this Ohio State team, and that's where I've sort of like been on. With people on Twitter, because I've sort of played out, listen, I think that if things play out, according to chalk, that Ohio State will get in because I see Ohio State is having Mm -hmm. a win win over top. Well, let let me let me let me explain a win over top 10 Michigan, a win Mm -hmm. over what will most likely be top 12 or 13 Penn State and Oklahoma won't have any of that. But. Ohio State also has the awful loss, and that's what kept them out last year. So I see the resume deal is more about Ohio State's resume. We kind of know what Oklahoma is, but there's a lot of variance in Ohio State, and where's the committee land?
1: If Ohio State does not replicate what it did last week, Oklahoma will get in because you know what you're going to get with Oklahoma. I so, also
0: think that Oklahoma gives the better, like, regardless of what happens this week, that Oklahoma actually gives the better chance of beating Alabama. I, I think I, oh,
1: I, I think the Ohio State team we saw Saturday, if it is possible to duplicate, right. it has a better shot of beating Alabama than Oklahoma does, just because it can. It has the potential to play better on defense. Yeah, Oklahoma's defense is what it is and will always be what it is. But you,
0: but you could I also make the argument...
1: Oklahoma's offense being able to score on Alabama right. and therefore making it a little more interesting than say the Alabama LSU game, where LSU just could not score. Right,
0: right, and I think Oklahoma's offense might actually be the best offense in the country. Or, or it is. It, it, yeah. it is,
1: and, and Kyler Murray is amazing, and their receivers are good, and their running game is very good. So, yeah, I, I think Oklahoma would would get the nod just based on its consistency. You know what you're going to get. Let's say Ohio State looks like it looked against Maryland, and you know some of the other teams that that it kind of struck Nebraska, that team gets destroyed by Alabama. Mm -hmm. Just destroyed. Oklahoma has – you know what they're going to look like. You know how they're going to play. They're probably going to lose. Alabama might score 80, but Oklahoma might score 50.
0: Yeah. No, you're, no doubt. Oklahoma will score points against literally any team in the country. I would be surprised that they could get held under 30 I by mean, I, anybody. I, I
1: actually think Alabama could score 100 on Oklahoma's defense if, <laughs> if the circumstances were right.
0: And some people will say, well, listen, Army held Oklahoma, but that's a completely different animal, right? Like Alabama is not that's, going that's to play like to, Army.
1: Yeah. That's choosing to take the air out of the ball. Alabama doesn't do that until the third quarter. <laughs> right,
0: right. Right. Which they could if they have a, a a three touchdown lead.
1: He doesn't usually run up the score on people, so right. I doubt. But I'm saying if they wanted to, if they wanted to leave their starters in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you could probably see them score a hundred.
0: Might be. Fun. And if if Oklahoma pushes them to, maybe they have. Yes, to. You know, if Oklahoma the...
1: keeps scoring. Right, then it's going to get nasty. <laughs>
0: So that's where we're going to land. There's another interesting part that's sort of playing. I don't know how much you've looked at the sort of the back end of these bowl games, of this New Year's Six situation with Washington State. I think that's the interesting thing. And again, we're recording this before the rankings come out tonight. In some ways, that might even be more interesting than the Oklahoma-Ohio State thing because Oklahoma-Ohio State and Georgia, that will all play out. These other teams are done playing. Like I'm, I'm interested to know if like Washington State's going to be ranked high enough to get in. If it will be four SEC teams, have you glanced at that at all?
1: Uh, a little bit. Now, here, here's the thing. There's not a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. You know, there's three spots. Because
0: it, it, especially if Oklahoma gets in, because that forces the Sugar Bowl to take another, to take Big, another 12 Big Twelve team. 12 team. So yeah. that takes a sort of an at-large spot off the board, so to speak. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's going to be. It's going to be pretty interesting because, uh, you know, I think Michigan's going to get one. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty sure on that. Um, I guess Florida gets one now.
0: I think I think you got to go LSU and they have the same record. Right. So and that means you think LSU has to get one. But Georgia's
1: going to get one, too, if they lose. Right. Right. On Saturday. So I think that would be it for the SEC.
0: Yeah. There's about eight locks including the group of five, and then it's like Florida, LSU, and um, Washington State, and maybe Penn State. But the most any of those te- of those teams can get in is like two. In, so- in one case, it's two, and in another case, it's three, depending on how— Ohio State and Oklahoma play. Well,
1: if Texas beats Oklahoma, Texas is in the sugar. Oklahoma is going to get one of the other ones.
0: Right. So there's some machinations with the uh, with the Big 12 that affect it. I just think it's interesting because you could end up with, like, UCF out in the Fiesta Bowl because I don't think mm-hmm. the, the Peach wants to take them again. And... Well, I think
1: they'd take them for, for UCF Florida.
0: Now, what I've been told is the folks with the Fiesta Bowl are preparing to take the Group of Five group team of five. no matter what. Well,
1: well, there's a good chance – that it's Boise State or Fresno State.
0: There's also that because Mackenzie Milton will, will not play against Memphis this weekend. So that would make the Mountain West team most likely the team to to go to the Fiesta Bowl. Interesting on the back end. So the the playoff will work itself out. Again, you think Oklahoma ultimately. I tend to think Ohio State ultimately. I kind of would be fine with whatever. This is definitely not a hill I'm going to die on this Yeah, year. I,
1: I think there's more <laughs> scenarios that put Oklahoma in. I think there's one really specific one that puts Ohio State in. I will or, say- or, well, I'm sorry, there's two. There's the obvious one where Texas beats Oklahoma and Ohio State wins the Big Ten mm-hmm. and Georgia loses by 13 or whatever. I, 20, I, I will then, say then this, in, but.
0: I would really, and I know it's probably going to happen if Alabama loses, and it could even, I mean, you could even make the argument if Georgia loses a really close game, that put them with two losses, and I don't think the committee would do that. The committee's been pretty steadfast so far on two losses, one loss, and, and that could be a decider, but one of the things that will bother me if you have two SEC teams again is the fact that they've played each other. Like, you didn't have that last year. And I don't know if it's fair. To I don't Georgia. care about
1: rematches. I the I know, the two I the know you guys. don't,
0: but I do. I don't. I don't think it's fair to Georgia that it would have to play Alabama again. And you split, and Alabama wins the national title. It's or, not about fair. It's not feelings ball. It's football. Don't don't, don't call me a snowflake. Uh, no, <laughs> no, but,
1: no, but it's not. It's not fair. I mean, but it doesn't matter.
0: But see, There's I think it does in matter. The playoffs in every sport. Yeah, but this isn't like all the other sports. Like we're we're having this this.
1: Yeah, but if you're going to have a contrived
0: playoff, playoff, you accept and- the possibility of rematches. It's just part of the deal. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I I hate it to death. I don't think it's fair to the team that wins the, the that game. I didn't think it was fair to LSU. You're that so it had good. To play. Win it again.
1: No, Ralph, I you know I have a you, you know I have a vested personal interest in this particular scenario. I,
0: I generally from
1: my freshman year of college.
0: I, I totally got you. I t- yes, I, I absolutely agree. Because there was
1: you. a team that beat another team, and the team that lost the regular season game knew it would blow the doors off that team if they played again. Right, right. And and, and for those who exactly don't for happened. those who
0: don't know by now, uh, Andy was a walk on <laughs> for the Florida Gators uh, when they won the national title and beat Florida State.
1: Yeah, if you can't handle it, if, if you're not good enough to beat him again, you're probably not good enough to be the national champion either.
0: No. All right, let's go to coaches. Well, actually, let's do this. Let's take a quick break on the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. I'm Ralph Russo. I'm talking to Andy Staples from SI. We will be back in just a moment. And we're back on the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. I'm talking with Andy Staples today. I'm Ralph Russo You know, we talked a lot about the playoff. Let's talk about some coaching deals. We've already had a couple of vacancies fill and do so with guys who a few years ago I wrote a story about how guys like Les Miles and Mac Brown were having a hard time getting back in the business because everybody wanted to hire young, up and coming coaches. And now Les Miles and Mac Brown are back on the sidelines. Mac Brown got officially announced today with North Carolina, Les Miles at Kansas. Is this anything more than sort of an anomaly between two schools with high profile guys? Is this the start of a trend that maybe started with Herman Edwards? What do you? make of this I I think it's
1: the expendables come to coaching I cannot wait for offensive analyst Helen Mirren I'm so excited (laughs) no I I I just I think there are two different situations at Kansas and at North Carolina I think at Kansas you didn't have a whole lot of sitting head coaches that wanted that job Mm -hmm. so they may have cast about a little bit and and seen you know what this might be our best option to have a pop and a splash and somebody people know and less obviously wanted a job. So that's what they did. I don't think it's going to work, but they got somebody they knew and, and the people knew North Carolina. I kind of wonder how much did it have to do with you had to pay Larry Fedora 12 million bucks and anybody you wanted was going to cost you more. Any, anybody who's sitting there as a head coach now is going to cost even more. That's the thing I'm, I'm wondering about. Did, did they make this decision to avoid having to pay another buyout? Because Mac Brown doesn't have a buyout. ESPN's not charging him to hire Mac Brown. So I don't know. I Now, I, I look at Mac and Les a little bit differently because you look at the end of Mac's tenure at Texas. He was willing to try new things. He was trying to fix the problems. Les never tried to fix the problems. Mac, though while trying to fix the problems, never actually fix them. And so I do wonder how he will fare in the modern game.
0: The one similarity I think I see here is the idea that an AD, and the phrase I've been using a lot is, I just need someone to make the trains run on time, right? Mm -hmm. I I don't want to hire somebody and hope that he can handle my power five job. I want to have a guy who has done this job. Yeah, but
1: if he doesn't win... You're still both getting fired. I, I don't get it. Oh, I don't like, necessarily agree with it. I would, I would it. hire the person who I think would win the most games.
0: Well, but no, That's but, who I would hire. But, but I, have, I think that that's what Jeff Long thinks, that Les Miles is more capable of winning games. Listen, they're, no, they're not competing for a national championship. I think he thinks, well, if I bring Les Miles in here, I will have competence, right? I will have a level of competence that will make me competitive for bowl games and maybe better than kansas state which is going through a transition and you know eventually matt campbell will leave iowa so i could be better than iowa state like i can have some competence here and i'm not coaching up a guy who has never been a power five head coach in the big 12 i sense a little of that with mac and north carolina in that hey listen we can't have two and ten like I can't deal with volatility like that. Just right. Me- I'd
1: rather have I'd rather have seven and six than two and ten.
0: If I can have an, an endless stream of like six to eight wins, but I'm North Carolina in, in the Carolina. ACC
1: Coastal. They can do better than seven and six. You hire the right coach in the ACC Coastal, mm-hmm. you can dominate that division.
0: Can I also posit this theory about maybe why Mac, as soon as Fedora won eleven games, he was looking to get out of there, right? And I do wonder if, like, if there's a sense with Bubba Cunningham and Mac, like, listen, I'll bring him in here. He's not going anywhere. Again, he'll get the trains to run on also, time. Also, not a reason you hire somebody. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying this is why I think this may have happened. This you know, I know. It, it, it ADs making impulsive at decisions the all the time. If you're
1: looking at it because you don't think the person will leave. Those are terrible reasons to hire someone. Right, terrible reasons. Right.
0: But I think those might be the reasons. To the hire, only
1: reason that matters is you hire the person who you think will win the most games. Yeah,
0: and, and listen, I, I I know there was already well, you know, Max going to bring. First of all, Cliff Kingsbury is going to make a mint if as many people who who say they want to bring Cliff Kingsbury in, oh, yeah, actually He's... want to make bring Cliff Cliff Kingsbury in. The best thing to happen to Cliff Kingsbury oh. is that he got fired at Texas. Well,
1: day. and and you know, he, there's no mitigation in his deal. From right. Texas Tech. He right. gets the money from Texas Tech, which is about four and a half, five, right? Job. Yeah,
0: something like that. Right.
1: So, yeah, he's he's very in demand right now. I wouldn't be shocked if he's in demand in the NFL too.
0: Yeah, that would actually make some sense. So Max back, Les Miles is back, Clay Helton stayed, which was a little surprising, but USC is in no position to hire a football coach. You know, right. The-
1: they they have no president right now. The buyout is huge. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's no way that they were going to be yeah. able to do
1: this. You're going to pay, what, 15 to 20 million bucks to fire Clay Helton with no president?
0: Yeah. And, is is and an AD even
1: authorized to sign off on a check like that?
0: And an AD who has never hired a coach before. So, yeah. which essentially means that you're farming out the hire, too, because essentially the search firm yeah. is going to make the well,
1: hire. Well, I mean, it's it's USC. The USC model of AD hiring yeah. is, is wor- actually worse than the model of head coach hiring. Like... <laughs> Sure. Oh, you played here. Come be the come be the, the A.D. Right. Not so, you're a good A.D. Come be the A.D. Right.
0: To pay 20 million to Clay Helton to hire Jack Del Rio could not have been a worse idea. <laughs> that would have been
1: awful. Right. Yeah. And, and I I the more I thought about the Clay Helton thing, the more I think this is the more prudent move, because it may turn out just fine for Clay Helton. It really might.
0: Well, right. He could hire a bunch of new assistants. He definitely needed to overhaul, overhaul that he, staff. He
1: could have a Brian Kelly situation. Right. You know, a bad year in 2016, and Kelly's sitting there in the playoff right now. Right.
0: I, I and mean, listen, I think that more schools probably need to take that approach. Uh, and you wrote a little bit about Instead that. Instead of
1: paying incredibly stupid buyouts, yes. Yeah.
0: Right. Because if you're Rutgers and Chris Ash has a really horrible year, but like, I mean, are you really bringing in somebody who's going to make it that much better and to pay him 10 million to just churn again? And now you have another three-year yeah. head coach and we're going to move on again. That's counterproductive too. Right. And it's a bad way to spend money.
1: Right. And the same, same deal with Illinois. You're not paying 12 million bucks to fire Lovey Smith. Now I would argue why did you give him that buyout in the first place? Well,
0: who was bidding against you? You could also argue with Illinois that they actually have made some progress and enough to they totally they justify. They could run it. the
1: ball really well this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's at least like signs of life at Illinois. So what's open? It doesn't look like we're going to have a ton of really spicy openings now depending on what urban does always a little bit of a wild card depending on what the NFL does if it, if it likes lincoln riley as much as we are led to believe and max i think Campbell, they
1: love i think the NFL loves lincoln riley i think lincoln riley's going to stay to oklahoma for a lot more money
0: yeah and, and listen i i don't know i think they love lincoln riley but listen it's it's a big jump between like hey you're 35 years old come run an NFL team which you've never done before. and I know Sean the Shaw, hottest
1: coach in the NFL is younger than Lincoln. Riley.
0: I understand that, but Sean McVay had already been in the NFL pipeline. There is a difference there. Eh. <laughs> You're not buying it.
1: Nope. I also don't think Lincoln Riley is going to the NFL. So,
0: well, the, the thing that I think a lot of college coaches have learned over the last few years is that, and I've had a couple of college coaches tell me this, not all NFL jobs are the same.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Now the one that that would be interesting is is if the Cowboys open. And they go after Lincoln Riley because he's from Texas. It's, I mean, that is the the Cadillac job. But again, he can he can go talk to a former Cowboys coach right down the street. It works.
0: I I, I love the idea of Jerry possibly hiring another Oklahoma coach. By the way, I just, I mean, I know Oklahoma <laughs> fans don't like it, but I just love the idea of Jerry just going like, "Man, you know what? i just got to get the guy down the road." <laughs>
1: Uh, Barry tell Lincoln not to take it though.
0: Would, uh, do you think the Matt Campbell NFL stuff is serious?
1: I mean, that's the type of guy I I wouldn't mind having because he does run a modern offense, Mm -hmm. but does care about defense. I mean, that, that seems, that seems like the right kind of fit, but I think if something were to go down at Ohio state, that's where he would go.
0: I believe that as well. I believe he would walk there backwards in through snow.
1: And if that happened, and, and I don't know if it's going to happen because Urban Meyer seemed just fine when I saw him yesterday. Um,
0: he seemed but... great on Saturday.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen there. But, but if it all happened that way, if I were Iowa State, I would just call Jason Candle at Toledo and be like, come on, just do the same thing. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, no, that that makes sense, unless somebody gets the candle. It be like first. when
1: Cincinnati kept hiring Central Michigan's coach.
0: Well, here's the interesting thing, though, about what could happen in this cycle, because, like, Urban's not going anywhere anytime soon, right? I mean, it, even if Urban, at the end of I mean, I guess if they lost the Big Ten championship game, in other words, the thing that things that are going to play out will probably prevent any word on Urban until later. Obviously, well, if the it, NFL the, comes, I don't
1: know because with the with signing day being three weeks from now, we'll get one word one way or the other okay, pretty quickly. That's true. And my guess is it's. He's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, but so. the NFL thing is a different dynamic because NFL right. coaches don't start hi- NFL doesn't start hiring coaches until January. Until January. And yeah. that throws things off a little bit. Let me talk to you about Brom for a second here. It, you know, he certainly sounded like a guy who didn't want to go. I'm a little surprised. Money kind of can change everything. Honestly, I haven't had a chance to look into it over the last 24 hours, so I don't really know anymore where it stands. Do you think that Louisville is actually going to have to find a plan B here?
1: I mean, their plan B's should be pretty
0: easy. There's a it's lot Neil of Brown. good plan
1: B's. You hire Neil Brown. That that's the plan B. If you're looking for someone who'd be a perfect fit there, you hire Neil Brown.
0: And he would but, be an easy guy to get.
1: Yeah, he's at Troy. He's from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I realize he he played and coached at Kentucky, your rival, but he understands the state. Mm-hmm. He understands recruiting in the South. That's an easy one. If if Brom says Brom's the easy first choice, mm-hmm. and if he says no, Brown's the easy second choice.
0: Right. So Louisville should be pretty well set. I keep hearing that Rick George wants to make a splash out of Colorado. Do you have any idea what that means?
1: I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I do know that that one of their all-time great backs is now the offensive coordinator of the hottest offense in the NFL.
0: Good point, Eric the Enemy.
1: Yeah. So I would consider that a splash if I was a Colorado fan. Mm-hmm. The the one I think, that, and I don't, I don't have any inside info on this. I don't know if this is a person that they're they're looking at. But who is the person most responsible for the Pac-12 South title in 2016?
0: Oh, Jim Leavitt.
1: I would argue that it's Jim Leavitt. Yeah. So Who also
0: he, seems to be a fairly hot commodity, mm-hmm. especially if with Texas Tech and Kansas State, possibly with Kansas State, which is another one that seems to be slogging Well, along. He, had,
1: he had Kansas State written into his contract, so right. we, we know that's a possibility right. if, if Snyder steps down. But I do, you know, if I'm Colorado, now, now here's the thing, Colorado's, that's not going to be the splash because, yes, Colorado fans will understand, but nationally I don't know how many people realize how important he was in that, that scenario. And then you've got the reasons he was fired at USF, mm-hmm. which will pop back up in this day and age. So I, I do wonder if they want to make a splash. splash. Now, I, I feel like Dana Holgerson's is being pushed for that one, and I don't know that that, that is coming from Colorado. I do think if you're Holgerson, after what happened the other night, you take stock and you say, am I ever going to be able to get it done here at West Virginia? Because this was the best team I, I could have had.
0: I was trying to explain this to folks on Twitter on on Sunday. Like, why would Holgerson leave for Texas Tech? Why would Holgerson leave for Colorado? Those are not necessarily better jobs. To a certain degree, you want to reset your clock, right? Holgerson That's exactly right. Holgerson, well, next- but
1: Colorado, in the Pac-12 South, as currently constituted, has a shot i'm not sure west virginia or texas tech have a legitimate shot Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in the big 12
0: it's been a while since colorado has been good though like sustainably good so you do start wondering if it's been that long and and they're always a little cheaper there and they're always in a weird recruiting spot because do you go to california or do you go to texas Texas? or do we have to go to and we're in both places so then we're in no places right right but is that good? I mean, that's not where you live, right? Your the Pac-12 is not in Texas. So that becomes problematic too. Like we're going to recruit in Texas, but we're not going to play in Texas.
1: Yeah. Well, if you want to play in Texas, you have to have a fiddle in the band. So that's a problem. <laughs> I don't know what they do. I the B enemy thing I think is
0: really intriguing.
1: Mm-hmm. Because everybody loves what Kansas City's doing on offense and he is an, an all-time great at that school.
0: Yeah, they love him. That would make some sense. So you like Oklahoma over Ohio State? I'm trying to think if there's any, anywhere just, else just we need to Just in terms of status
1: yeah. quo. Like, I think we'll see, as, as we said, we're recording this before the committee drops mm-hmm. the rankings. My guess is Oklahoma is ahead of Ohio State slightly right now. Mm-hmm. And that if all goes status quo, they would stay that way. They would mm-hmm. stay ahead of them.
0: Right. And we'll see what happens on, on, on Sunday eventually. It's championship weekend. What's the most likely bomb that goes off? What's the one place where? I mean, there's only four or five teams that are really involved here. So is it Georgia beating Alabama? Is it Texas getting upsetting Oklahoma? It seems like a stretch for Northwestern, but you know, you know,
1: I could see well, Ohio State what, that's laying an Well, that's why that egg. would be the bomb. Because, yeah. Because, but you know, I don't. Northwestern beating Ohio State does not seem less likely than Georgia beating Alabama.
0: <laughs> okay, Okay. This will, sure. this will be our last topic. Georgia-Alabama. Georgia has played, looked more like the last season Georgia over the yeah, last Yeah, once DeAndre
1: month. Swift got healthy, they looked like a different team.
0: Right, but they still don't have much of a pass rush, which, I don't know, could be a problem against Tua. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> against the guy that picks you apart if you give him any time.
0: Yeah, so I'm still thinking that this Georgia team is not quite last year's Georgia team. Yeah, I
1: mean, who gave who gave Tua the biggest problems? It, Mississippi, it was Mississippi State, State because they had Jeffrey Simmons and Montez sweat right If you don't put pressure on him he will die you know slice and dice you so I don't know that Alabama's gonna be able to run on Georgia as as easily as as they've run on everybody else mm-hmm. but LSU did
0: mm-hmm. yeah no LSU ran all over Georgia but that that was odd that was such an odd game
1: that is, that is a really freaky game and the, the the more you watch, the more you just like how did that happen?
0: It com- How did any of that happen? It completely changed the entire narrative for the SEC because, in actuality, there's not a whole lot of difference between all of the other SEC teams that are not Alabama and Georgia but right. that are pretty good, they're all the same. They're all within a point of each other. Take your Floridas, your Kentuckys, your AMs, your Mississippi States. They're all the damn same thing. But because LSU pounded Georgia, we were led to believe LSU was different from the rest of those teams. But yeah, they're not.
1: Let, let me ask you this, Ralph, because I, I hadn't really thought about this. So let's say Georgia had gone to Baton Rouge and won that game. Would it be a foregone conclusion that win or lose both teams from the SEC championship game or in the playoff right now?
0: Hmm. Maybe. Rendering the biggest game of the year pointless.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, for seeding.
0: Especially considering the way things played out with – again, because I think Michigan would have had a case because it was playing so well and it would have had the Ohio State win. I think Michigan was getting into a position before it completely crapped the bed to – Make the case that no, we deserve to be in over right. the Our SEC only losses
1: on the road to another playoff team.
0: Yeah, everything was yeah. lining up well for Michigan to make that case, but with as the way things stand now, I think Alabama Georgia would have been for seeding if Georgia hadn't gotten blown out by LSU.
1: Which I wonder what that would have done in terms of what the other conferences want out of the postseason.
0: At that point, wouldn't it make the SEC also start going, wait a second, this is our big event, and it doesn't mean anything? Like,
1: Right. But know, what if it was for a home game in the playoff?
0: No, I mean, that's certainly something. Listen, the SEC was never going to complain about getting two teams in. Well, no,
1: here's the thing. You don't have to worry about the SEC. They'll go. They'll go with the flow, whatever you want to do. Because the more you add, the more they think they'll get in.
0: Right, but that also requires adding.
1: Well, they aren't going to subtract, so...
0: But does adding immediately... Dan Wetzel wrote about this a little bit. Does adding immediately mean that you have to get rid of these conference... I think it does. I think if you start adding, you have to get rid of these conference championship games.
1: Not as long as there's a home game at stake.
0: But if you... I mean, love about just for the number of games. I mean, don't you have to look at it and say, listen, we're going to make some team play 16 games?
1: They didn't care when they added the 12th regular season game. Which was a complete cash grab. They could yeah. also get rid of the regular
0: season game if they make Which enough. They if they make enough money, well, that's the thing though. You can never tell somebody we'll give you a whole bunch more money, but we're just going to take a little bit away. That never. Yeah, no, that never they're works. just going to
1: try to take yeah. more money on that deal, right. and they might have to slide a little bit more to the players just to exactly justify it. Right, but but yeah, I, I mean, I just if you are the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve and you wind up left out of this thing, you need to look real hard in the mirror and say, am I doing my job for this conference if I allow this postseason format to continue?
0: But my last thought on that is I still don't think it will change within the 12 years of the contract.
1: I don't think so either. Yeah. The only here, Here's what would make it change. And this is not the most far-fetched scenario. In fact, uh, let, me, let me spin it out for you. Ohio State does not blow the doors off North, Northwestern. Ohio State looks like it looked against Nebraska and Maryland, but wins the game sloppily. Oklahoma plays an Oklahoma, te- you know, plays an Oklahoma game, and they win fifty-eight to fifty-six. Georgia and Alabama play the two thousand twelve game all over again, right down to the goal line stand at the end. The committee, with a bunch of really old coaches who value defense a lot more than they value offense, goes. Ohio State gives up too many big plays. Oklahoma can't play defense at all. Let's put the team with the defense in.
0: So let's put Georgia and Alabama, mm-hmm. and Clemson and Notre Dame, and three Power Five. Con- but see, yes, I think that could spark change. But I always that could- would
1: spark change immediately. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But see, I don't that scenario I, would see, spark. I, change. I
0: don't think it can spark change immediately. Well, I think it can't there's too much. Would, that's what it I'm would take saying. Two there's two too years much to, to get least, into. At least two years. By the time they get everybody in the same room... I also think that there's not a lot of desire among some of these guys, and when I say guys, I mean the uh, commissioners, yes, to do the work. I understand guys like Wetzel are it's very— not dis- that much
1: work. You go no, to Ritz Carlton, and you some, talk for three hours. But there, is some,
0: but there is some work. I, I, I know folks like Dan, and maybe even you to a certain degree, like sort of dismiss all the logistical things.
1: Like, yes, we do, because for enough money, you can make all that happen.
0: Yes, but you still have to get a lot of people on board, right? You still have to lo- get a lot of people on board for the idea that we're going to play playoff games on campus in the middle of December, like no, there's a don't. lot of college. They're going to be thrilled to do it. But there's a lot of college presidents who are going to be like, "Wait a second, can we do this?" I, I think that it's all doable, but I think it takes a lot more work to get it done. That's my point.
1: I, you covered all those meetings just like me. It's not
0: work. <laughs>
1: no, it is. are yes, sitting I, in a conference room at a luxury hotel, flapping your gums—that's not work.
0: Well. To these guys they think it's work because they have other things to do. They have I mean I know it sounds crazy because they have so many like assistant commissioners and associate commissioners that you, sometimes you do wonder how much more work they actually have to do, but they think they have other things to do as opposed to just working on a playoff. I Listen, think the playoff will change when the if people If it would change. benefit That's their conference my my line has more, always been, the playoff they do will the change. thing that
1: would benefit their conference more. That's your job. Yeah. Your job is not Protect the integrity of the regular season. Blah blah blah. Whatever, your job is to do what benefits your conference the most. That's the job.
0: One day you and I maybe maybe will have those jobs. Who knows? You know. What do you think? I could <laughs> see so you as a for the confer-
1: sunbelt job, and they keep not giving it to me. So. I
0: could see you as a conference commissioner. Me not. I, I don't. Oh think well, it- I
1: want the Sunbelt job because I I want to go to all those Ritz-Carltons and just sit there because nobody cares. Nobody care what I have to say. They're sitting in the back and playing my phone. Eat
0: off the buffet. Plus, Carl Bunt Benson would also always have these cool travel stories about – because, like, the, the Sun Belt is in some places that are tough to get to, so you have to, like, fly into one town and you drive to another. You get to Monroe. But for you, that would be awesome because you could find every cool eatery along Absolutely. the way.
1: Absolutely. I already found a good burger in Troy, Alabama, so I'm ready to go. There
0: you go. We could have you – Lafayette, Monroe, you'll, have, you'll hit all those spots. You oh, probably have been in pounds. most of them already. Anyway, Andy Staples – From Sports Illustrated, from SiriusXM, thank you so much for joining me today on the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. My pleasure, Mr. Russo. See you soon, Andy. See ya. And now, three and out. First down. And this is a topic that we touched on during the segments with Andy, but we'll hit it again here. Dana Holgerson's name popped up as a possible candidate for Texas Tech and Colorado which seems at best a lateral move from West Virginia. So why leave West Virginia for a program like Texas Tech, which even under Mike Leach only won 10 games once, or Colorado, which has been lost in the weeds for several years, almost a decade now? Holgerson's team is about to hit a rebuild, as it will say goodbye to numerous excellent upperclassmen, most importantly, quarterback Will Greer. If you're Holgerson, you can make the case that it's never going to get any better at West Virginia. So why not try something else where you can reset the clock on the goodwill instead of risking slipping to 6-6 six and six next season at West Virginia and being in danger of being on the hot seat in 2020? Holgerson's contract expires after the 2021 season. Not to mention the relationship between Holgerson and his AD has always been considered lukewarm at best. A move to Texas Tech or Colorado could land Holgerson a six or maybe even a seven-year deal, probably three seasons of leeway to rebuild at either of those places. Plus, at Texas Tech, he'd have a promising quarterback in Alan Bowman to work with, who's only a freshman. Do I think Holgerson will leave West Virginia for Tech or Colorado? My guess would be no. But the reasoning behind it is pretty typical. It's the reasoning that a lot of coaches have to apply when considering whether it's time to move on. Second down, there will be at least four more bowl-eligible teams than there are bowl spots this season. That could put two prominent teams in a bind. Independence, Army, and BYU are not contracted with a bowl this year. So they conceivably could be left out. BYU has the benefit of a TV contract with ESPN, which owns and operates about a dozen games. So there's a good chance the network should be able to find a spot for the Cougars. Army doesn't have that. Army might need the Big 12 to get two teams in the New Year's Six to open up a spot for the Cadets, who are on the verge of a second straight 10-win season. Third down. Arizona star receiver Nikhil Harry and Michigan stellar defensive tackle Rashawn Gary both announced on Monday that they would declare for the NFL draft and enter it next season, foregoing their senior seasons. It used to be a rarity for players to announce before the bowls were played and the season was truly over. You have to wonder if either will play their team's bowl, especially Gary, who has been hampered by a shoulder injury for a chunk of this year. That's the show for today. I'd like to thank my producer, Warren Levinson, for making me sound good. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Podcast One. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm Ralph Russo, the college football writer with the Associated Press. Thanks for listening and come back for more next week of the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast.